Welcome to the Blackout Show, presented by The Guillen Grader, a show about the Chicago White Sox baseball, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll debate what's working and what's not on the south side of Chicago. It's old school versus new school baseball. And most importantly, we're keeping all the receipts. The best arm in the pen. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Get the F. Uh, let me see. Uh, who 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 is he going up against? There's no Colome left. I haven't seen Tanner Banks. Uh, maybe. Uh, We've yeah. seen a lot of bummer. We've seen a lot of bummer. Too much Deepman, if you ask me. Hey. Uh, Junior, listen, man, I have to ask that because Liam Hendricks isn't back yet, and we've seen a whole lot of Lopez disappointment to this point. So I just got to say, if this kid is what he was before he got injured in 21, this kid's got some talent, Junior. What was he? What did he do? What he, I, I, heard, I knew that he was good, but I, I don't – was he that much Best different? on the team. Was he was he much different than Ronaldo Lopez? So you, when for in order for you to fail like Ronaldo Lopez, you have to actually pitch. So Crochet's on that group of people that he's he's a myth because he has not had enough time to fail. So I got to see him come out and do it and see if the myth is for real. Because we know we see what happens to myths. The Kopech myth lived for three years and now, you know, reality has checked in. So I'm not I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he is the best arm in the bullpen right now. Um, until he goes out and pitches. And again, Liam's not back. But yeah, I'm not. And then the other part is I heard he's going to be a pinch runner. Pedro Grafal pretty much said he's going to use him in every single possible way other than being a starting pitcher. He said long yeah. relief, high leverage. He might go even go get a, the food that is ordered from the Uber from players. Are you serious right now? Dude, he literally mentioned every single thing. If, if you're a baseball person, okay, and you listen yeah. to that, you're like, what did you mean? Long relief appearances, high leverage situation, short relief appearances. So he's basically going to do it all. I, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I think that's a bad idea, and I think that he should be. They should stick with one plant with him. Uh, he has the ability to become whichever of those things he they want him to because he has the talent. I think he's got uh, starting pitcher stuff because he can throw more than than two pitches really well. So if you're going to make him a long reliever. You prepare your, his arm for that. This guy can't be guy. This guy's coming back from an injury. He can't be playing around throwing him. Well, you know. Well, I mean, obviously, we're not going to toss him into the fire. When I think of what I think. Oh, he's ready for the fire. Should. No, man, fuck him. 
we have to plan for the long haul here. And when I think about handling uh, crochet, I think about what uh, the Padres, the Royals, and now even the Phillies, what they did to another lefty and Matt Strom, where he was that hybrid lefty where early in his career he was eating up three innings. And then, you know, he got to when he was, what, 26, 27, and he was starting some games. Now you see him with the Phillies, and he's getting some starts and getting multiple innings, but they're also using him at times as a one-inning guy. Like, hey, give me three outs. Give me out this inning real quick. He could uh, – Crochet has the potential to be that weapon. I just don't think you want to put him – you know, give him too many hats to wear. But I see him as that same type of pitcher. All right. As a rookie, he went 54 innings. Struck out 65 with a 2.82 ERA and with the ERA plus of 156. Kid's a stud, but you gotta, you know, we've seen great seasons out of relief pitchers on our socks, like the year that Bummer had, you know, back when he had his fantastic season. But you gotta, like you're saying, Junior, you gotta produce more than just one year. And as a rookie, he mostly did that off of two pitches. And then going into spring training last year in 22, instead of that fastball slider, he introduced a changeup. And he, with that third pitch, he was starting to look more and more like an, a dominant arm that I believe if he didn't get in, injured at the end of spring training, I, I made a bold prediction last year that he was going to be an all-star as a relief pitcher really? in our bullpen. But then he got injured, and then there goes that bold prediction. So now that he's coming, you know, we haven't seen him for a month of this year. But if he can get rolling, I feel like naturally you have to keep him in the pen this season. And he's just a great guy to be the setup guy, you know, where he puts everyone in their place with the arms that they have. This could be a really solid bullpen with him coming back so you can go Lopez crochet and then, you know, Liam Hendricks or crochet definitely restores some order in that pen Gonzo. And what we've been seeing the past, what month and a half is a bunch of guys having to pitch in a lot of different roles of the bullpen. We know that's not sustainable. You're going to need to, you're going to have to anchor it down. Well, you and Jason Spencer thinks the same about Grafal, apparently, in this situation. Well, I, didn't, I don't think he's horrible. Uh, Jason Spencer is saying that Grafal is horrible. I think that the, the the seeing different guys in the bullpen in different situations goes back to Pedro. And that's why I'm worried about Crochet when he said he's going to be a, a three-inning guy, that he's going to be a guy in high-leverage situation. The last thing mm-hmm. I want to see is Crochet to have 54 innings before August coming back from, from his injury. I think that whatever his plan is, I, I like Crochet, to be honest, I think he's, he could do two things really well. I, I think that he's a guy that can eat up two innings, two key innings, and bridge a gap, um, meaning uh, a game that either a, a, a sees or somebody goes five or six and you have a lead and he can protect it. I think he's really good at that. I think he can come in at a, any big leverage moment because I think he gets lefties and righties out. I don't think that he has, a, you know, I don't think he's a, a, one of those lefties that's just a lefty on lefty type of guy. So they just need to figure right. out what he's going to do this season and then going into, because potentially as Gonzo just said, he might be a candidate to be a starter next year. Uh, but you, you don't, you don't treat with that. So like maybe the day that Kopech pitches, for example, maybe we see crochet for multiple innings and then he gets a couple of days rest. And then he's used later on as like a, like a high leverage guy. Um, they need a plan with him. 
And whatever the plan is, I feel like one of the things that's been lacking in Pedro's, again, first year managing as a, as a manager, and, and not only on him, on, on Katz himself, is that the bullpen situation has been kind of interesting. You see guys in different situations, then they said they were going to go analytical and like not give people roles, but then they give people roles. And then, so it's been a back and forth. I can't sit there and say, this guy's coming in and, and I'm, a, you know, everyone wants to be Tampa. Tampa's been doing that since spring training. When you sign with Tampa, you know what you're signing up for. That's why there's guys that might avoid going there. There's other teams that are just more traditional in certain ways that they do things. They get, whatever the plan is there, they need to be able to stick with it. Cause with guys like Crochet, I think he, he, again, he was really a victim to it. Freaking Ricky Renteria got himself fired for it. Bringing in Crochet. I don't think the guys that had ever even been in a game that early in his career, bringing him in like in the second inning to like make an MLB debut in the middle of a playoff versus Oakland. Like, yeah. talk about being desperate. I think regardless of what his numbers were, because his numbers were amazing, even if his numbers were not that amazing, this is a guy that we had as one of the top relievers and on paper, one of the best bullpens on paper. So him coming back is just as good as if he would have traded for somebody or he makes the bullpen better. You can't argue that he does. I picked um, him up in fantasy as soon as I got the notification. He, he, I think, again, I think he can close. Um, again, I don't think that Griffal is going to use him in that role because he's got his mindset on his doing. But I think that – I think there's been a couple games early in the year where they've had a 2-3 run lead and they've not been able to save that lead. And I think Crochet now might be might be the game changer on that end where he might be able to hold that lead. And then that's – you know, you're able to hold – if you look back and see when they've lost those leads, you might have – I'm not saying you're going to be in first place, but you might have five, six more wins – uh, in the season, which right now is a huge thing with the White Sox, uh, Mr. Targaryen. If they win 13 games in a row, now 12, they still would be one game under 500. Yeah, that's sick. That, that's no, it's just hard, no, it's it's, it's just a hard it's just a hard place to be in. So again, if you would have four or five games starts becoming a big deal, and could, do I think Crochet is worth four or five games? Absolutely, because he's a he's a guy that brings in K's. He's a swing and miss guy. I think he's filthy from the where how he wears his uniform, which Disgusting. is really quirky. No, no, he's a he's a he's a. I don't, and you mentioned my team. You mentioned the the tribe, my my B team. And on them, been they've been struggling. One of the things that they've been struggling is uh, their bullpen's not what it was. You know, one of the uh, worst teams in American League. But keep going. Pitching pitching hasn't been the same. The bullpen hasn't been as effective as it was. So when your bullpen is legit, you can you can cover a lot of problems. Like my offense is not as big. Like tonight, the White Sox what got seventeen hits and they got what eight seven runs. You should have put in like a seventeen run spot. So when well, come when on, man, I'm just being serious. Like I'm just saying, when they you get that facing, many hits, they were facing Bieber. They got what they could. They won a ball game. Don't do that, man. Well, I'm just saying, and when you're looking at the numbers, if if the White Sox bullpen had done a little bit better in this month of April, this guy. maybe the team does not look as bad as it has been to this moment. Man, if your dad saw Crochet, would he make that same decision? moving him from relief pitcher to starting rotation like he did with Sale. So Ozzy didn't want Sale to be a starter, number one. Um, he didn't want him to be a starter. Uh, that's one of the things he always says he was wrong about. But with Crochet, they, can you again, elaborate a, on that for a second? He, he just Chris thought Sale that he's a very good starter. Yeah, and Ozzy said that, and Ozzy said, yes, he's a very good starter. Bobby Jenks could have been a starter. He had all the pitches to it. He just he thought that. that. He said he, that in the show. Yeah, he just said that. I he, I just think him and Don Cooper thought that, you know, in the long term, it might be better for his like, like longevity and you know health wise and whatnot. Which again, 
I think Sale proved everybody wrong, and he's probably one of the best starters in the last 15 years in Major League Baseball. But with Crochet, I think they would look at stamina and, and competition and like what he is, what he likes, because some guys like, again, some guys are built to be starters. They want to be starters. Some guys like coming out of the bullpen, and that's what they do. And especially nowadays that you can make a lot of money as a bullpen guy. So it's really how Crochet, you know, uh, what he feels like and what they can evaluate. He might come in and be a starter and, and not be really good. Uh, we saw it with Ronaldo Lopez. We saw it with the greatest closer of all time, Mariano Rivera, Josh Hader, guys that at some point wanted to be starters and it just really wasn't in the in the cards for them. And we might be do we might be seeing that with Kopech down the line. Um, so with crochets, like you got I, you got to let him really. I, I know that he knows how to. He's a very good reliever. He's already proven it for one year um, with his rookie season. But I think that again, it's a situation thing. If 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 Eric Crochet, if Crochet is in your starting staff in your 2005 Chicago White Sox he might be in the bullpen just because there's no spot for him in the starting rotation mm -hmm. as a rookie. If you talk about the 2009 White Sox, Crochet is definitely in the starting rotation. So I think it's more about like what the roster needs and what they see for him in the future. Uh, now, you, uh, you said it'll be uh, bad practice if he has over 54 innings by August. How many appearances do you want to see him? Let's just bring it back to at least the all-star break. What do you want to see as far as like his usage? Well, I'm talking about if he can get 54, if he can get 54 to 60 through by the what's left in the year, that's amazing. I just don't want it to have happen like by July. Again, if he's the guy that starts getting the numbers and Griffal starts going to him every single time, then it's like, okay, when is he going to break down? So I, I, I rather see him being used to help out the bullpen, but I don't want him to go out there and have like 25 appearances by the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Which there's nothing. Let's just say in the future they do put in the rotation. It's not working out. And let's just say Kopech doesn't fathom out how we, how our expectations were for him. There really isn't anything wrong with that because you could put both of them back in the bullpen to replace when you get rid of Graveman and Hendricks, and you have two solid guys, dominant arms in that pen. And then you can go out and actually get put some money into that rotation, get some arms in there, eat up innings, while still having a pretty solid bullpen. But that decision remains with Pedro Grafal, and that leads us to Grafal's Grounds. You know, I don't have a problem making decisions. I don't have a problem making a call on a, you know, on a, on a pitcher. I don't have a problem making a call on, a, on you know, on a, whatever our team needs at this particular moment. <laughs> All right, guys, I really felt, I mean, it's pretty easy to have a great game as a manager when your team is not only hitting the ball offensively, scoring runs, but Lance Lynn being Ooh. sensational. Big dog, started, hold on. I think he started the evening with like a 7 5 something one. to hold on to. Is that a salad? <laughs> yeah, that's a salad. Two Roman a, tomatoes and a cucumber. Lance Lynn has a 7 5 one ERA, and at the end of the night, he brings it down to 6 6 6. He was going seven strong and was going into the eighth frame at like, what, 80s? I think he started at like 86 ish pitches, if I remember yeah. right. He managed um, a lot of traffic too, though. But hey, out of very few pluses of the week, I fought with Pedro tonight, leaving him into the eighth, not going to the bullpen right away, allowing you know him to go deeper, in, you know, letting that pitch count go. 
felt like that was the right decision. I mean, you don't want to, you know, really, if Cleveland's not seeing him well and he's rolling, you don't want to all of a sudden make this a totally different ball game with them blowing up our bullpen and the eighth. Um, so I, I really like seeing Lance Lynn out there and uh, try to go for getting through eight innings. But that didn't end up happening. He only goes through seven and um, a couple of guys get on. And, um, you know, from there, we saw how it went, 7-3 ball game for the Sox. But what did you guys feel like this evening with uh, Pedro? Um, well, number one, I think that if you're not going to leave him in against one of the worst hitting teams in Major League Baseball and in the American League, and I can say that wow. as, a, as a, I'm being honest, which, dude, if they can hit, <laughs> they can hit, just give them the World Series. They, ha- they, they can't hit when they were good. And right now they're really struggling. And again, the last four days they had they had been playing really good, solid baseball. Like meaning they had been hitting the ball really well. And I was like, if if Lance Lynn gets lit up today by Cleveland, this is going to tank his market, okay? Ooh. Because teams are going to be like this guy. You can't get Cleveland out. You're going to be in big trouble. Because um, the teams that he's looking to move to, he's they're they're not bringing him into you know face bottom of the barrel teams. They're bringing him into to solidify a rotation. So I liked what I saw, meaning his arm, he's healthy. He went deep in the game. I love the fact that Pedro left him in. That's his, you know, Glenn Slynn is there to eat the innings. If he could have gotten out of that little uh, situation that he yes, put himself sir, in. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he could have gone into the eighth, but he did his thing. Again, uh, I think that he, uh, Lance Lynn, he's shown like really good games. And then he's shown games where he struggled, but I feel like that's been Lance Lynn since he's been on the white sides in his career. Like, if he goes out there and he battles, it's going to be a close game. If he struggles, you know right off the bat, and that it, you know pitchers are going to that's going to happen. The twenty-five start season, if a pitcher gives you twenty-five starts, so I think they liked what they saw. I think his value now is a little bit better than it was last week. So the better he pitches along the way, because I see that Lance Lynn might be one of the guys that uh, you move along. But Pedro did great. He didn't go too early to his bullpen. I, I like the fact that he didn't panic. Okay, you're coming at home. You're facing a division rival. You're facing guys that are your daddy. They've been his daddy when he was in Kansas Coming City. At home when you're facing your dad. Yeah. Paul, Paul. I'm just saying, though, they are Griffo's daddies. They were his daddy with Kansas City, and the Cleveland Guardians are the White Sox daddies. They whooped that booty last year. They're in front of you in the division. Everyone's pow, having pow. great expectations. Yes, pow, pow. So you got a game, You got games where Ramirez is not playing. You got Beaver on the, on the, on the mound, okay? You might panic and say, oh, I don't want to lose this four-run lead and freak out and go to the bullpen. It happens. And he didn't do that. Okay. Well, so I, mean, I think I gave him a positive for that. Yeah, he got he got a little bit of help, OJ, in the fifth when uh we fucking just avalanche the tribe with runs. Correct, but we need packet panic. True, dude. You know how many the five, four, five runs in the big leagues? If he would have been like panic, panic, he would have been like, I'm going to my bullpen ASAP. That's especially true, with Crochet I mean, being I- back. I mean, but Lance Lynn wasn't giving up nothing to that point. Like, it was a stalemate. Like, the Sox Correct. jumped so on he, him. So he didn't panic. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard not to panic when you're, you're, you're fucking uh, – you're you'd be, you'd be, By the way, you'd be surprised. When, you're thir- when you haven't hit 20, game, 20 wins and it's May, it's May 15th, mm-hmm. your panic button starts getting like – you know, you start getting antsy. Yeah. 20 games – it it would it was like so you thinking he he showed a little bit of balls leaving Lance Lynn. Yeah, Pedro just got and, his and, ass kicked in Kansas City, dude. He's got embarrassed. You don't think he reads that? Like all this stuff. So yeah. he's he's again when you need a win, okay, when you really need a win. And I think today's game, this series is is it could be, you know, a little bit bigger. Um with a team that 
when you play Houston, dude, you know that you're playing a team that's like they might be hurt, but you know the talent that they have. When you look at Cleveland, you're like, we can take these guys on. Like they can't hit. It, it's more of like a fair game. So I, I feel like for Grafal, he managed it well enough. They say, you know what? I'm gonna trust my players. I'm not gonna panic. I'm gonna do my thing, and and he went with it. Mm-hmm. it so I forgot to give him, I give him credit. Plus, you're going like tonight's matchup. That's the hardest matchup you're going up against with Bieber. On paper. On paper, yeah, and that's well, but still, like you to don't, start like, the series, you don't that's have to what, worry about anybody else. Yeah, to start the series, especially with the you know the, the confidence these guys are going to get from that, that's mm-hmm. huge to begin. Well, you the got series. to their best pitcher. You got to their best pitcher, not only yeah. by one run. You tattooed him. Yeah. Sheets smoked about, that about. ball. Uh, Moncada got the hit again. They took the lead even without the grand slam and all that. They put the beating on him. So, man, if they if they don't get confidence, I'm going to be honest. If they don't get confidence from that display of offense that they put on versus their best pitcher, they might need, they might, they might need just more help than just coaches in right. baseball and whatnot, because they should feel again, Shane Beaver's a, a, the best pitcher on, on the, on the tribe on paper. I think he has been throwing the ball the best this year. Again, mm-hmm. from, from their team standpoint, he's been really good. They, he had been pitching well and they, and they're coming, they're not coming from like a struggling series. They're coming from, They've been playing really well the last week, so it's a big, it's a good win for them for the Sox to start off the series. But I do want to say, Junior, that you're ultimately you are correct being embarrassed in Kansas City. And I do want to go back to Friday's the first game in Houston at home. Before the game, Pedro had a team meeting. So was it his team meeting though? I heard it wasn't his team meeting. I wish who called had. the meeting? Th- who who called the meeting? Then? I think it was a player meeting player meeting it doesn't matter like it, again people are like who cares who calls the meeting be, to be right. honest because the Astros um, still won five to one that day <laughs> well here's the thing you're not going to change <laughs> you know what i think so sometimes a manager can call the meeting sometimes the the bad meetings that you don't want is when the players call a meeting and tell you to get the f out when you're the manager those are the meetings that you don't want to be your players to be having it's like we want a meeting to talk bad about you so we don't want you to come in or you or your staff I don't think it was a meaning of like reprimand. I think that the two days beforehand, he had talked about that he was kind of uh, disappointed that he felt that there was no sense of urgency from their team. Um, Cause I, you know, you gotta, dude, Pedro went there. Everyone in Kansas city is really happy for him that he got the job. You know, he, he's seen his old coworkers, you know, families there. You don't want to get your ass kicked in Kansas city. You know, like you want to show them like, hey, we, you know, my team's for real. Like everyone's seen the rumors. Everyone watches MLB Network. Everyone knows that you're 13 and 27. They might be like, hey, that's why the, this is why they didn't keep him here in Kansas City. He's not very good. So there's a lot of pride. And again, half that coaching staff is Kansas City. So for them to get whooped like that, you know, I think that him going into Houston in that series, he was like, like going into Kansas City, like that whole series, he's like, okay, I need to like figure out a way that these guys are not going to figure it out themselves. And he maybe had the meeting and said, Hey, you know, what are we doing? And and I think it was a good meeting because I think even if you don't win games to address things that were there that he might've wanted to address and they worked. I, I said it in the beginning of the year, the first player he's going to get on is going to be on Pantera and Pantera is going to react really well to it because that's never happened to him. And so far, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened at Pantera in his career. He's slugging 557 with only a 276 batting average. That's amazing. That's Barry Bonds like. It is. He's playing. He is playing to the caliber, but he's the first. Pedro Grafal is the first person to ever call Pantera out in a White Sox uniform the way that he did. Again, we don't know what went down, but he did call him out. There was a benching. 
So I think that the meeting in itself, I think meetings can result in a lot of wins. I think, but I think it's it was good maybe to clear the air of I think that these guys, man, they still I, I know that he still believes in them. I know the front office does for sure that they think that they're just going through because again, it gives you hope, man. The division is so bad. Okay, the Tigers tonight are in second place. And if you're gonna tell me that the Tigers are gonna hold on to second place for the rest of the year with that roster. I I would not bet on it. Yeah, they got in the great opinion. Javier by. They have the great Javier Baez and the great Eric Haas. They uh, have talent. Uh, who do you guys think Pedro needs to go after now to be that I can't second person? I said that with a straight face. <laughs> who wants to? Who, who does Pedro have to go now after? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's the next person that needs to hold accountable? They, to wait, really? Rick Hahn. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm joking. Um. You know, I think that everyone else, I think I think Joe Kelly is back and pitching and doing well. I think Grandal, when he is in the lineup, um, he, he's played well. I don't think anyone's, like, dogging it. Uh, there's that controversy of what, what T.A. said and he didn't say, mm-hmm. um, which I'm going to go on the record and say, why the F would T.A. be happy and liking it when he is, his team is 13 and 27? He's coming back from an injury. He has not been able to hit this year and maybe since last All-Star break. He has not been playing like himself. And then he is getting booed at home. You want him to be like, I love Chicago. This is amazing. He, of course, he's supposed to hate it like that. He should, he, should, he should be mad. So if he did make that comment, I don't hate him for it or, or hold him anything against it. If he hates the pitch clock, good, for, you know, he's a player. He I think, he, I think he, he said he should have been on second base after the wild pitch. Correct. Correct. But I'm saying like when people are talking about like, cause people are talking about like who would Griffo reprimand. I don't think TA needs, I don't think right now today, I, I haven't seen anybody else on the team do what, do what Pantera had been doing. I haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks. He's still gotta be feeling it though. Cause like tonight, um, I know you guys, you just said that he should be at second base, but even tonight with Bieber, Bieber threw over to first twice with Tim there. And after that second time, Tim should have been running right out right off the get-go. Yeah, with the new rules. Yeah, with the new rules. And sure enough, you know, with Opie at the plate, he turned over a double play in that situation, which if TA is running, that double play is not happening. And that's on Debo, the first base coach. But if if TA is being held because of his legs, again, those are so important to him um, Mm -hmm. and to the future of the White Sox because he is a key part not only for this season – and. I hate this whole like window thing. If you win the window and window, close the window and open the window, you got to see at the talent levels that you have, and you're not going to go find Tim Anderson's. And I'm not talking about the guy off the field, his ethnic race or anything, just him as a pure baseball player. You're not, there's not a lot of Tim Anderson's laying around in major league baseball that are not part of a team right now. So unless you're very clever and making a trade, that's probably going to make you lose another key piece. You if if you need to you need a guy like Tim Anderson. So if they're planning on trading him, I really don't know what the backup plan is going to be because mm-hmm. there's no one in the minor leagues. Again, put the, Burger at shortstop. No, you put Burger. No, the guy, the, the the myth and myth, the legend, Montgomery, the guy that no one's ever seen play, but everyone talks about him like he's you know the next Cal Ripken. What if, no one's ever seen if, him play. What if Colson Montgomery is another Chris Getz? I'll kill myself. Well, don't say that because you might be closer. Here's the thing, man. A lot of people oh, don't do this. Don't do this. I'm going to be honest. Me. Who's seen him oh play? Other than scouts, who's seen him play? Oh day in God. and day out. I'm being honest, though. You got people I in the South of Chicago. They read one article to replace Tim Anderson. Okay. Regardless if you think his 
Tim Anderson can go out there and never catch another ground ball ever. And for you to produce at a shortstop level, at the heights that he's been able to produce offensively, even when he is struggling, okay, it's not, it's not easy to find. Brandon Crawford's still playing because of the level of production that he has because San Francisco hasn't been able to find a replacement. So the shortstop position is That's one that true. when you look at, 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 at free agents, we, we passed up on Marcus Simeon, okay? We passed up on Swanson. We, we, we had we, Correa, Seager. Bogarts. There was this huge Bogarts. Uh, even Miguel Ross just got moved, the guy from the Marlins. Like, we've passed up yeah. on all this, this hum, like humongous inventory of shortstops. Uh, if I'm looking at this from an educated standpoint, I'm like, I'm hoping that Kenny and, and Rick are thinking TA is our guy. Okay. And, and maybe we move Moncada and, and put Berger at third. Or we move Moncada to second and get a guy like Chapman. But today, even when we're doing the, the analysis, I think that you need Tim Anderson. Regard, I don't care if he's happy or not, but I think that with his legs, I think that there might be some pain still in there. And I'm not, I don't blame him for it, that he, there is some pain because I'm sure that he probably came back probably as quickly as he could. So it might be taking him some time. But again, we, we need to, the White Sox want to win. TA needs to be in this lineup or someone yeah. that, reflects ta and i want to also add not only ta but i want vaughn here too and i feel like although vaughn is leading our team with ribbies and he's i think 10th in mlb in ribbies but he's a guy i would hold accountable right now because i feel like all he's doing right now is pulling everything and we all know like when we've seen vaughn hot He's staying patient in that box, and he's turning his everything spray, opposite. His spray field. chart is beautiful he's, when he he starts to spray it. If he's focusing in the box, with you know, patient in the zone. Gonzo's a tough dad. The guy's like leading the league almost in RBIs. <laughs> he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm coming my out. Son, my I'm son's got think, straight eight. Wait, I'm think, I'm thinking about like we're talking about someone that's dogging it. Here comes Gonzo talking about the guy's <laughs> swing. He should get rid of that. Who do who do no, we but, need to reprimand? A guy yeah. that's leading damn near every offensive category. You know, you know what? He's, leading, he's batting 230, you and, know, like, there's so many opportunities with situa- situational baseball with Vaughn in the past two series where he can drive in runs and really get a lead or, you know, wow. turn read up, turn the game upside down. I and can't he, believe he's you're just giving Vaughn shit. I wish, I, I, wish, I wish Andrew Vaughn oh, had a chance. I, I'm thinking – I don't know who the lead – again, I, there's no – maybe Grandal. Uh I think right now he's just playing on pure talent. Okay. But I don't know if there's, he's matured enough yet to like be able to do, have, do those little things like at bats wise. Sometimes I think like Sheets even looks more mature than him. A burger's just a bomb, uh, just a, a power guy. But Von, Von could hit 280 in the big leagues, no problem. Like his bat control. But I, again, after this series, okay. And I've said this, I've debated this back and forth. The best move that the White Sox have done was not bringing back Jose Abreu. Okay. Um, he aged so much. I am a scared that Abreu does not finish the year starting in that lineup in Houston. Oh my God. I'm being serious, man. Like his numbers. For 20 he, million a year. He's on the he'll, that's that's Houston. He's coming off the bench. Yeah. I can see Houston making. I can see Houston asking for like a burger guy just to be like, we're gonna put some power in here because they're they're offensively struggling. I'm I'm being serious. I'm the, at the time it was a lot of money, but it was like, could this guy bridge the gap? Maybe he doesn't bridge the gap of like Abreu five years ago, but Abreu today, Andrew Vaughn, twenty times 
every day. Today. Juvon Gavin cheats 20 times. Co- correct, correct. So I think that that move coming into May May 16th, it's already been proven that it was the right move. Like, yeah, I don't care anything I'm that they gonna... say. You can pat yourself in the back, Gonzo. You can pat yourself in the back. This because is absolutely disgusting. It is true. And again, maybe I'm still saying maybe Andrew Vaughn doesn't hit 30, but I don't think Abreu might not hit 10. You know what do I mean? You, like, do you see how this just developed, Junior? Like, we went from Gonzo giving Andrew Vaughn shit to him patting himself on the back <laughs> because we kept Vaughn and, st- and letting Abreu walk. How well, does we, how do we let this develop? But because he's, but again, he's expecting a level of higher expectation for, for Vaughn because he's going to be someone moving forward. That is going to be a key part of this lineup and for him to yeah. be able to produce at the levels. And again, I've said this from the beginning. I don't think Vaughn is uh, a, a power hitter like a, like a Mark McGuire type of monster. I think more John Olerud and Don Mattingly and guys that can put the ball in play and spread the ball. Fred McGriffs, like he can really put, like he could hit. Like I, the Andrew Vaughn that I like is like a doubles machine because in. Doubles in that little He's shoebox. Have 40 doubles this year. Correct. Out of that shoebox stadium that they play in, those, at least 20 of those are going to go out the, out the out of the ballpark. But again, he can still again, he can still have better at bats, but I really think that him in that core position at first base is you, you get you get options now. You have options to be able to do th- certain things if you like to at, at the deadline. That's the thing though with Vaughn, like like granted, like even when he does pull and hit his home runs, his home runs are going 400 feet. So, like, it just frustrates me how they're, like, I don't know if it's just a strategy right now for them to be pulling everything, but, like, I just, I know when I've seen him focused and just tight, you know, turning his shoulders more into the zone, lining himself up with the pitcher more, he's, the spray chart just opens up and he's got power to all fields, and that's when I really see that power out of him, so. Yeah, he just got to stay closed. Like, a guy like Andrew Vaughn, it, well, he – He's pulling the ball because he's flying open a little bit. He's trying to cheat to get some uh, backspin and hit it over the fence. But he's built to stay close. Like, that fucking home run that he hit off Chapman in New York should be on replay because that is the perfect Andrew Vaughn swing. Like, if he if he's going to be open, I think – the crazy thing is he had, he had 26 – I think it was 26 ribbies in the first month of April. And if he were to replicate that throughout the season, he's easily going to get to 100 ribbies. It's just that power side of it where I feel like he could get to 25 to 30 and in there. But I just, I'm not going to see that if, if he's going to remain open in his stance. So, but I want to go back to, cause guys, we, after we aired last episode, they had a chance to tie the series in Kansas city. And in that fourth game, the Kansas city Royals w- walked it off on a bunt and lost the series. I missed this game, but can you guys elaborate on how, how the hell it got to that? Because that was frustrating to see that they the Royals walked it off on a bunt. And number one, I think is the hardest play to defend. Um, I don't think Pedro Gafal is even expecting it. I think it's ironic because he was the bench coach there, so maybe you know could have had a little bit more tendencies. They had no idea it was coming. Uh, they were surprised. Again, I think that Kansas City is – Played a gritty game. And then the White Sox shouldn't even have been in the situation where the, the Royals came back for last at bats. Um, we they struggled again with runner on second base in the extra inning. I'm gonna be honest, man. This team needs to be it even even with the players or they got whoever they're gonna bring, what they need to play to the strategies of the game. You mentioned you mentioned a play before. 
Know the rules. Two throwovers, go take second. Okay, use it to your advantage. Don't be the guy in Bridgeport and Canaryville saying, I hate the rule. I hate the – like, get over it. It's the rule. It needs – you need to strategize on the rule. Like, if, if they made baseball, like, you know, if you get a double, you get three more runs, you, you play for that. So this new rule with runner on second, okay, I don't understand why the White Sox are so bad at it, of moving the guy over, like, know who you are, take the lead. Like, you got you, – at the time, you had Billy Hamm, like – Use the guys that are there. Move the guy over. Drive the the run in. Use it to your strategy, because maybe you're not a team that's going to outslug, and you're going to need those extra inning games, and that's going to be a huge difference. So I was upset because they came up first, and they couldn't produce. Okay, they couldn't. You know, they couldn't do what they had to do. And Kansas City came in. They they, they did. So I, I feel like that game just magnified that situation where we're not. The Sox are not very good at that. I'm very good with that runner on second base. It's just like, oh, we got to play. Like, don't punt them over. Don't Again, if the Sox punt them over, they still suck because they don't drive them in. But it's like you need to figure out a way. Those are things that they should be working on. And they're talking about fundamentals and doing all those. Are, those that's part of it. Okay. Because that, that, that you can control. I feel like you – I just feel like it's an excuse that you can't defend it when you should at least scout yourself to realize that Hanser Alberto is at third base. Like you should probably strategize. (laughs) You might see a bunt here if he's all the way back. Like, well, considering the guy, considering the guy that's also hitting, because if you bunt against me, okay, to squeeze me at the end, because they did it, Diamondbacks did it against Gratterall at the beginning of the season. It was like because that guy had no chance against Gratterall whatsoever. His best chance was to push one down the third baseline. So their scouting report should have been like this: this kid who's up to hit. Probably feels at a disadvantage. And it's your ninth hitter. It's your ninth hitter. Correct. So, again, the lack of the situation there. Oh, I'm going to keep saying this. Where's Charlie Montoya? Pantera didn't know his name. Yeah. I don't even know if he's in the bench or not. You know, those are things that are usually on the bench coach, not on Pedro himself. Um, or wherever the, 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 the infield. But they, they were surprised. They were surprised in that bunt. And that one's going to hurt. You know, because if they win 78 games instead of 79 games, people are going to lose money and some people are going to make money. And some people, that might be the difference between you going to the playoffs or not. It'll be that one game. The the guy who uh, laid down the bunt is Freddie Furman. He's actually a really good baseball player. He's had a couple home runs this year and playing some really outstanding baseball for Kansas City. So don't make it seem like he's some fucking ham. I'm pretty sure he had a chance. By the way, if your last name ends it with a Fermin or a Jimenez or a yeah, Latino, maybe. think this guy might bunt on me. The Fermin. <laughs> I'm How just saying, that? though, think think that, though. Again, I think that it, you're, you're, you're super analytical. You're super – and, like, no one said, hey, this guy might lay a bunt down. Like, you look at him, you're like, this guy could lay a bunt down. Like, you need to yeah. – be able to defend that and again they, they weren't prepared and again it's those situations where you're prepared you got to prepare for this right situation and they weren't prepared for that on a defensive side and from a managerial standpoint i don't think they expected the other team to do that well guys i think it's time for our own preparation of what is to come and this is going to be blackout live <laughs>
chat for this week. We got no fans coming on, but our question to you for this segment, we're going to break this one down pretty thoroughly, but it is what does your roster reconstruction look like? And we're going to do our best to base this off of mostly the talent money will come into effect, but uh, we're going to look to see what this roster should look like going into 24 and what are the guys that won't be on it that are going to be trade assets for value for us. And I want to start off. I did, I got a little notes here written up here, but of course at the catching position, junior Grandal, you're, you you got to do your best to trade him Cause you know, he's going to be gone next year. Um, and I think Sebi is out of, I think he might be on arbitration, but preferably I actually would want Carlos Perez as my backup catcher. Um, but for the catching position, that's going to be to be determined. And chat, we will also go into guys we want to fill these spots later on, going into at the end of May into June. But uh, the catching spot, that's going to be critical moving forward. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to. What we've seen in other, you know, like Houston had Maldonado. But, you know, the Phillies had... Ralmudo. So the catcher can can hurt you or not. Preferably you do want a solid catcher. Me, I wanted Sean Murphy. I can't remember how long. And that would have been nice to get, let's just say, Murphy and Bogart's last offseason. Yeah, but, I wanted to dunk the ball. Go ahead. And I wanted to dunk the basketball. Yeah. Some stuff just ain't gonna happen, my friend. Get a play school rim and stop playing. Um, yeah. But that's what the White Sox need to do, get a play score rim and be able to get Sean Murphy. Um, wow. MLB the show. Uh, so, number one, let's talk about the money situation. Yep. Everybody can cry, crawl, post posters, tweet about it, write about it, call him names, make T-shirts, boo him every day. He ain't selling the team. He ain't selling the team. Okay, number one. Number two, I don't see Mr. Reinsdorf. Number one, I, I hope that he doesn't. That he shouldn't sell the team. It's his team. He should decide to sell it whenever he wants to. Number two, I don't think Jerry's going to come here and say, hey, guys, you guys have done a really good job building this team the first time around. I'm going to give you 100 mil to add to the payroll because I just woke up and had a dream that I won the World Series. That ain't happening, okay? So if Rick Hahn, the genius Rick, hasn't realized that the budget that he has and the fans that said that he was the best GM in the world for three years, and now you want to jump off his ship, ride your, ride it with your guy, like you did in the press conference with Griffo. You need to be smart on how that money is going to be allocated, okay, moving forward. Jerry might give you an extra 10 mil here or there if you need to make a move. But they need to sign guys and move guys that you're not going to DFA two years into the contract. Go down the list, Okay. And I'm talking about way before Larry. I'm talking about like way before. Go go look at the list of DFAs. So you need to be smart on the money that's coming off. So for Grandal, I don't think that his time in baseball is done. But I think that for $18 million, almost 18.2, I believe that's what he's paying for. For him to be able to stay on this roster, it's going to have to be a humongous pay cut. Okay. Which I doubt that he takes it. Um, when he is healthy, he does produce, but the catching position is going to be one that you might have to go and find via a trade. Why? If you think the White Sox big league team is in trouble, 
if you looked at other Twitter accounts that talk about the White Sox future that no one looks into, it's like cryptocurrency. The White Sox minor league system is like cryptocurrency. Everyone pretends they know about it, but no one knows Jack. It is a dumpster fire down there, my friends. It is horrible. There's no depth. They talk about the same two prospects. So the catching position, they need to draft some guys for the future pretty much. And But there's no one ready for the big league show. There's not even a Zach Collins down there that you're like, Remember the Zach Collins? Zach Collins will be ready in two years. Zach Collins, they don't even got a Zach Collins. So the catching position, in my opinion, Grandal's obviously playing for another contract, but for the I, mean, I, like the money, I, see, I like what I see out of Carlos Perez. Carlos Perez could be the backup. And then you that, and then yeah. you might have to find for two or three years a guy that might be a fix, like just like a, you know, like a, what's the guy's name right now in your Boston team? Alfaro, for example. Yeah. Like a guy, like you're gonna find a bridge guy, a guy that's like a when they brought James McCann, like a high ceiling guy. Yeah, because because like if you look throughout history, Rick Hans never made the trade like where Boston made the trade with Mookie, and but they got back Connor Wong. Now you Correct. see Connor Wong paying dividends right now, three years later. We don't have just like you said, Ozzy, that type of option isn't on the table. No, no, and but that's a big question mark on that one on the catching position. Yeah. I I don't. Even though I love set, like Seve's a cool guy. He's a Rondal batting two eighty six, three homers, ten RBIs. I mean, he's having a decent year. So he has far. a decent year. So again, a decent year, great. If he does make himself available for a very, very, very big pay cut, he might come back next year. But again, that eighteen million dollars that he that he's allocated right now to him, they need to they need to make that money available. For he got he got to do a Tom Brady and restructure the deal. He needs to restructure the deal. <laughs> and. uh but like I think you said the best though, catching position most likely will be some something you'll have to trade for because yeah. the free agency next year at free catching position does not look good. It's pretty bleak. Oh, it looks it looks horrible. There is, uh, it's not horrible in the sense that there's no future. There's no there's not there's no catcher like Sean Murphy. We say if we if we make a move for this guy, we we signed Romuto three years ago and he's going to be our catcher for the next five years. It's like Martin Maldonado at thirty six or. You know, uh, you know, so and Sonino at you know thirty five. It's like guys that are aged, which is fine, but it's it's a fix for the moment. Again, yeah, for that you know for that small span while somebody else gets ready, or you trade for somebody else that's a younger player. Your best bet on the free agency market is Mitch Garber, and at, even at that, you're 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 just hoping that he has a bounce back year like he did in Minnesota, but that's just not good enough. And then but you got to think, too, he's injury prone as well, so you might run into yeah. the same situation oh, with Brian Dahl. You know who's going to be the White Sox catcher? Nick Fortes. No, Mr. Yankee himself. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. I'll do that. I'll, I'll give Jerry Reinsdorf my money to see El Kraken hit home runs. I'm just saying, though, I, but again, but you got to, like, if you're going to go with a younger guy, like a, like a high-ceiling guy, you might go with a guy like Carlos Perez and a guy like Gary Sanchez again, which I think is very promising. Again, can he catch? Who knows? But it'd be a similar guy to bring in. But again, the catching position, there's no one that I could see fixing it right now internally mm-hmm. or in the next. So, and it's 18 mil. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Right. $18 million can get you some good stuff. And then first base, of course, we all agreed. We got 19 ago. of them. Um, we all agreed. <laughs> we all agreed that Vaughn, Vaughn was going to be part of the core. So first base is covered. And yeah, we'll go- Vaughn, Sheets, Burger, yeah. Eloy, Grandal. Should I keep going? No, we'll yeah, get to old we'll okay. Colas, we'll get by the way, Colas will be eventually the first baseman too. We'll get we'll get yeah, Vaughn, Vaughn's base. your starter. Vaughn's yeah. your starter. 
Um, second base to be determined. And again, that's another position you're eyeing to be a, a trade asset because the free agent market, I think your best option was like Solano. Can't remember anyone else really out of it because it was, it was that bad. Um, so second base is going to be also to be determined. And that brings us up to the middle to uh, shortstop. Um, normally, it, I'd like to trade Tim Anderson, but looking at the market for shortstops for this upcoming class is pretty bleak. So you really have to rely on Timmy in a contract year to go off, and then you're probably going to pay him. I wouldn't give him seven-year contracts, but I would do my best to give him best market value for three to four years at least and top dollar for it and guaranteed money. Sure, you can sign him for seven years. If he's here past that time and he has a World Series, another one, it won't matter. It'd be worth it. Um, I'm going to give you guys an analogy on Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson's like when you are you're fighting with your girlfriend or your wife, and you're a little, you used to be hot back in the day. You used to be hot. And you Dang think it. you're going to go back to the club and you're going to pick up girls just that easily. And you just leave your family and your girlfriend. And then you go live that life in the streets. And it's not like that. Nobody likes you. You're not picking up anything. And now you're eating lonely, you know, on a Friday night, you know, uh, a hungry man meal, watching reruns of White Sox old school games. That's what leaving Tim Anderson could look like for this team. When you look at the market, it is horrible, okay? It is horrendous. If you think finding a fixer-upper at the catcher position is dangerous, uh, talk about shortstop, okay? Mr. Montgomery, the next Cal Ripken, not ready for the big show right now because if he was, he'd be, he'd be in the big leagues because big leaguers do that. Miguel Cabrera did it. Harper did it. The big, the big dudes do it. They don't spend four or five years in the minor leagues. They just come up and do it. Yeah. TA could be the shortstop. The second base position, they can fix it with it internally. You could put somebody that can catch the ball there. I'm not worried about second base. Second base, there's only like two guys that produce, maybe two or three guys that produce at like, I'm going to carry my team level, which is like uh, Albiz. And, but there's not a lot of like, you know, there's not a lot of Jeff Kent's going around out there in the second base position. But the TA position, I think the White Sox missed the boat on the, on the biggest maybe six years of shortstop free agent markets um, because everyone's pretty much taken at this moment. Uh, and, and unless you go to a veteran guy like a Crawford for like a year, like when they did it with Orlando Cabrera until they got Alexei ready um, between Uribe and Alexei, then you can go that route and he, that did get us to a playoff. But it's a very dangerous move, one that can go really, really bad. Like, uh, you know, imagine if TA wouldn't be here and it was Elvis Andrews and, and like somebody else a second, like how much worse it could be. So I, 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 would, I would stay with TA at least this year. And I, I write out TA as long as I can. And I started trying to negotiate. With TA, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make TA want to stay here and negotiate. And I'm not going to hurt him as much as I did the first time around if I'm, if I'm them with a bad contract. But I'm trying to get a friendly team deal and work it out. But I'm trying to keep him here as long as possible. And then if it's out to the last minute, if it doesn't work that year that I know I can't bring him up, I'll trade him in that last moment of the deadline. But I'm not – you cannot just give up TA right now, um, not when his value is at the highest because I don't see anybody replacing him. I will say, like, I agree with you, but if there is a guy to do it, I would. If there was an opportunity to trade T.A. to the Dodgers and you're going to get back Miguel Vargas to play second base, and they also have a catcher, two prospects at catcher in the top 100, 
if you can give me Vargas and one of those guys in that deal, I'm going to pull it because I will try to make another deal with the Diamondbacks to get Rojas to go play shortstop. So we have Rojas, Vargas up the middle, and a catcher. Again, that's a that's a but again you gotta they gotta be realistic on saying okay if we're not gonna move this if yeah. we're not gonna spend that money they gotta find a way to say okay if we're not gonna spend that money we need to make sure that we trade for for talent. I uh, I got a plan for shortstop, but it involves our rotation. Uh, the we'll fan get, and we'll me. Get to the rotation. Wait, Cope yeah, is gonna no. play. Cope will play short. No, Lance oh. is playing short. Oh, but okay. I do, I do want, I do want uh, Tim Anderson to remain in a White Sox uniform because I like the aesthetic of it. Like it, we haven't had a, a an outstanding member in uniform since Jermaine Dye and Ray Durham. So, and I'm sorry to say this, Juan Diego, but it's not too early. We got to be realistic here. Um, not only we got to be prepared. We got to be prepared. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to the trade value. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys. The trade value and the trade deadline. The trade value is not what your fantasy team is giving you. Yeah. Teams that are built with depth, they're like, wait, what? Unless you have a Chris Sale or an ace that can come in into your team and give you a straight-up big-time impact, like a cease on top of his game, you might get that. But if, if again, if Gonzo's correct, if the Dodgers call and they're in that pennant race, okay, and they don't have a shortstop or Atlanta, and they say, we need Liam Hendricks and we need T- Tim Anderson and we're going to send you Vargas, a catcher, and three other pitchers, or three guys that you guys can pick from our whole system. You say, you know what? We make the move. Why? What's the difference in finishing third place with two guys you're not going to re-sign here or finishing third place with at least the ability to have saved money and have players that are going to be here in the future? You cannot get Jose Abreu, okay? The Trey Mancini trade was supposed to be for Abreu, and we did not get that body because they kept him and they didn't re-sign him, which was a good move, but you could have moved them earlier. Wait that's, a minute, wait a minute. Part. So so instead of Houston going to Baltimore for Mancini, they came here first. Yes, for... yes, yes, yes. They asked for Abreu. Yes. And and the White Sox said no, knowing yes. that they wasn't going to re-sign. Probably. Of Dumb course they asked for Abreu. Franchise. Of course they asked for Abreu. He's the number one first baseman Idiot. that's on the list of teams that are going nowhere. By the way, do you think other teams don't know that you're not going anywhere? Maybe. Oh, yeah. When you're not going anywhere is when you have a drug or drinking problem. You're the last one to find out. Other teams know. They're like, dude, you're not going anywhere. So, yeah. like, let's make this deal. And you're like, oh, no, I want, she's going to come but back. We will date. We, 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 I Junior, will save this marriage. Junior, I also want to say that, and Juan, this is to you too, but it's not too early. Chuck and Guff just had their podcast today talking about it too. So I want to make sure we're the ones that go more in depth and give you guys some really good analysis than anyone else. And that's what we're doing right now. Now, third base, Junior's boy, Mancada. Move to second. He going he's, to got, he's got no options. If this, they is where, move him. this is where money comes into effect, right? Mancada can go off. He can come back from you know, injury and go off because he's already got his batting. He's making an all-star team this year. He bumped it up to 300 already. And he's, uh, he's on a little roll of his own right now. And he's playing South third base defensively as always. So Mancada, Mancada has one more year left at 24 million. You're not going to move him. It's going to be very difficult to do that. So Mancada will be staying with us, which isn't a bad thing. If Mancada continues to heat up, 
he, he realizes he's going to have one more year left of big boy money before he has to play his ass off to get a second contract of big boy money. So, and that, and your backup's going to be probably third base, uh, Jake Berger, right behind him until Ramos comes up. Eventually. What about, I was going to say, what about Brian Ramos? So, he's a, he's a good year or two away. But in the meantime, we got Mankata and Berger. You're two ways A year two away. You're too away. He's a decade too away. Your brother knows it too. Your brother he's knows right. it too. Osney did say he is the best prospect down there, but again, when you tell yes. me, oh, he's a year or two away, it's like, oh, well, yes. that great. So did he's like a year or two away like Colas. So is Colas County right now as a big leaguer? He is killing Charlotte. He is killing Charlotte. He should be up. He should be up more than Hazley is. I don't know why. I'm not saying it's like it's like one or two years away from him maybe being in the uniform in the big leagues, which is like four or five years of him producing at a big league level. We don't know who's. I'll be forty-five by the time he's producing. Come on, I'll be thirty-five. I'll I'll be forty-five by the time Ramos is probably producing at third. Who was stopping Brian Ramos from coming to at least getting some at bats, even a cup of coffee in the the majors? Who's stopping him on the major league roster? I mean, aren't you kind of surprised that he actually had his first spring training camp this past year? This yeah, because 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 it's not culture. The Aussie culture was Aussie would just play a bunch of kids in spring training. He didn't care because he wanted to see everybody. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not, not the like that's not that's like not the, the organization. Culture. That's not the yeah. organization as of lately. So the fact that he was there, and I saw him in person. He he had the best at bats versus Blake Snell than anyone on this roster this spring. And Blake Snell is a quality arm, even as a lefty. Okay, Colas is uh, stock dropped a lot when they send them back down. Yeah. And we'll get to Colas. So, left field, obviously, Mentendi staying. He's got, what, four more years? Wait, wait, wait. Gonzo, sorry, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. I He's my boy. He's my guy. He probably won't be here past uh, next season. Mm-hmm. I would move Moncada to second. If I was Moncada, I'd move to second. And I hope okay. that I had a great year because now not only people don't know that I can dance in a music video, but that I can also play second and I can still play third. My options to signing with somebody just become that much better and right. the team gets much better. I don't, the White Sox don't like asking guys things like, oh, Abreu, do you want a DH? This is your job. Okay. Mm-hmm. You say you grab your second baseman's glove and you go to second base and you make him go there. And then you give Berger the chance to play third or you go and do the, the Chapman move or, or you try to sign that big free agent with all that money that you're saving well, for the well, third base at, position. Uh, look at what Andres Jimenez did. He got, uh, he got traded to the tribe. Had an outstanding year at second base. He's a natural shortstop, and he and he actually robbed the tribe because he's going to be one of the worst players on the roster next year. He's going to bat two twenty. His outfield average is going to be decent, but I mean, if Moncada has that type of year, he could rob the he could rob the next franchise. Correct, but Andres Jimenez is a natural shortstop, better short, probably the best right. shortstop defensively in the division. Plays second he, now. Yeah. He's struggling Side against dick. sophomore soft, sophomore slump right now. But again, I think Come that on, with no. Mokata, you need to. No, if, you're, if, if your roster is better with him at second base, you consider that move to get the burgers the the burger the at bats. I don't or think you can Mokata is a good second baseman though. It doesn't matter. Your team's better that way. No, how? But that would be interesting though, because that would remind me of like Justin. Remember Eric a couple you know a month ago saying. Let's call Cincy and get India. India is like similar third base, second base. So if Mankata, what do you, th- you think is going to take you to get India? 
that would be interesting. We gotta, I gotta message him and see what. Dylan. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be Dylan. Um, I gotta see what the. Because you're not just getting in. He, he relies it off of he really he relies off of baseballvalue.com, which is actually a pretty solid, uh, website, and they're they've been very good with their analysis with trades and value. So they've been pretty close on a lot Cincinnati of acquisitions. Got, uh, Ellie De La Cruz too. I think we could make mm-hmm. a move. If we want a shortstop for the future, we could make a move for uh, Novi Marte. Yeah. Uh, their second uh, guy who also plays this uh, position in the minors. I love this second rebuild. But Junior, thanks for stopping you know me at third base. Because that, thanks for stopping me at third, at third base here because that brings up another point. The market for free agents this offseason we were talking about this before we went on air but matt chapman's going to be available so if makata moves over to second base there's a big boy bet that you could put some big boy money into and bring matt chapman and play third base for the white Sox. a guy right in the middle of you know your top of the order it's going to be he's what second best right now probably second best third baseman in the league probably after nolan arenado yeah. So Manny what's Machado. the gap between what's the gap between Matt Chapman and Robin Ventura? Would Matt does Matt Chapman have a chance to be the best third baseman gotta, in franchise history? I gotta put you on timeout. I gotta figure a way to do this. By the yeah. way, here I'm, best, I'm muting your mic. I'm muting your best mic. third baseman. Wow. Okay. Um, I just think that if you're gonna find you need another bopper, I I just think that you can't rely on Burger being your future third baseman. I don't think that you can rely on Burger being your future third baseman. I'm back. So when you look at the weak class of 2024, <laughs> when you look at the weak class of 2024, Matt Chapman is probably one of the best options on there. So if you can go and spend that money. Platinum um, glove, Junior. Yeah, he's a great glove. By the way, if you're going to have Matt Chapman replace Moncada, Moncada Five would be like, I think, I think if you tell Moncada, hey, we just signed Chapman, can you play second? I think you'll be like, yeah, I think that that's the right move. Mm-hmm. If you tell Moncada he's moving to second for Burger, he'd probably laugh at your face. Um, okay. so that's, that's the big difference of like who you're moving for. So like, again, he's probably the reason that we bring it up with the money that's being saved. He's probably the only guy that's worth the years and the amount of money that you can give it to him from an offensive standpoint that he could be a dude, because why the following year you have Moncada leaving. Okay. You have more guys. Leaving. On or something. So, 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 so you need to be able to replace those bats eventually down the road. Again, this is not just for one year. You got to be able to put the best team together uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah. So that's our infield. We're going to move the outfield now. Ben Attendi in left field. He's got another four years, so he's not moving anywhere. And honestly, I think we said the best last week, uh, Justin, with Ben Attendi. We're not – Pedro's not using him properly, and I don't blame him because of the roster construction from Han. But if you can add some bats in this lineup, I think your best bet is putting Ben Tendi in the bottom of the order, seven, eight, nine. Let him be there. What, what did he hit when he was with Boston when he was at his best? He was like five or six. At his best? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like, and he gets to Chicago coming off of a five-home run season. He's hitting more leadoff in third. Than he's ever hit in his career. Correct. That's what I'm saying, though. And by the way, he is not even a shadow of the player that he was that one season with Boston. Not even a shadow. Yeah. Well, I mean, the White well, Sox I mean, are the, the shadow of the, the Red Sox. They don't have the no, But that's what I mean, though. On a, on a good team, again, on a good team, he is not hitting in the top four guys. Oh, 100%. He wasn't even – like, he had a good 
I see him like Joe Creedy. I'm gonna be honest. I see him like I see him like a Joe Creedy. If 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 Joe Creedy is like by himself in the in the team or like 1987 with Ozzie Guillen that led the team in freaking war, um, and he had all the numbers were defensively. You, you go from like, oh, he was a f- best hitter, so he needs to be in the top three to like hitting ninth two years later. Joe Creedy was hitting six or seven. If you don't have the guys in the middle, you put Joe Creedy hitting third. That's a, you know, he's still That's a good a player. Situation. But th- you're in trouble. Like, oh my God, he's our best offensive player. Look I think Benetton's a role. Correct. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think Benetton's a great role player. And I think it's a guy that they have the years for him. It gives you, you know, he's going to catch the ball when he is healthy. He does play a lot. And it really helps out the, the left field. And I think they did it with mine where well, I we love have him the in kid, left field. Yeah, we love, we have the kid now in right like a younger version of Eloy we could probably play more than Eloy, but we can probably replicate him. We got Pantera in center. We probably could move Eloy. Yep. So we're just going to move around the outfield here. Benny's in left right fielder. It's going to be to be determined and I'll get to Colas in a, in a minute here, but center field. Normally I think it'd be great if you trade for Robert, get the value for him. However, then you look at, you look at free agency in 24 in center field and it's bleak just like it is at shortstop and, and catching no and all the positions that we need is bleak by the way so, there's no one in center field to replace the level no, especially at the no. money that he is making you're not going to yeah. get that type of production prime tory hunter maybe so like what we were Dale about to Murphy. get to this but what don said yes you're going to keep Luis in center field and he's going to be part of your core moving forward cuz he's if you're going to keep him and he keeps producing, he's already signed through what 28, I believe. So he's By one the way, of the longest tenured guys right now. Can I say something real quick about the draft picks mm-hmm. guys? This is not the NBA or the NFL. Okay. Yeah, no when you draft, when you draft a guy, like draft, okay, draft good. That guy's going to take like four or five years. Okay. Burger is the number one draft pick. Cheats is a number two draft pick. Rarely do you get a Byron Buxton and he spent time in the minor leagues. Uh, Manny Machado, he spent time in the minor leagues. Drafting to, for MLB impact for a position player is not something that happens overnight. Not to mention the White Sox are not on top of the list of player development. Not just now, but forever. Name me a White Sox player that they have drafted in high school that they have developed in the last 20 years. I'll wait. I think Joe Creed and Tim Anderson are probably the last two. God. And I think Tia doesn't count because he was Juco. So a last high school player that was drafted is probably around Joe Creed, that a guy that had a multiple career with multiple years. Everyone else has been a college player. So saying, oh, we're going to trade this guy and move this guy, bid on this guy, we're going to draft. It's not the NBA. Like, they need to be very smart. So when you're looking at guys like Pantera, for as lazy as he is, or people want to call him out, this guy's really, really young. You have him locked in already, okay, at the basically at, the, at a price where if he does go off, he basically starts playing for free. The potential of that, what he has shown, is way better than what anyone else is out there offering. Okay, any free agent out there, even him at his like crappy Pantera level. So I think he's one guy that you don't move unless mm-hmm. they give you they give you so much or they ask for it. Like when the Tim Anderson move, and they give you so much in return. But I don't think Pantera should go anywhere. And but, but okay, let me give you a scenario. Let's just say Arizona call Corbin Carroll. And Zach Gallon. Yeah, Matt you Carroll. move him. Yes, you move him. Then, then for that, you move him. But you don't move him just to move him to bring in like a reliever. 
you know, like you just don't move and say, oh, we're going to rebuild and we're going to like, if you're going to make a move like that, you really, 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 really have to do a really good job on moving that. So I, I'm okay with Pantera being at center because I don't think his money is actually that much compared to like what the market would bring for a, look a at, center look at Compare his money to Byron Buxton. It looked like we fucking stole because Byron Compare Buxton. his money to Ben Attendees. Exactly. So that's what and that and that's what a guy like Ben Attendee costs and a guy like Byron Buxton costs. When you look at his production, when he has been healthy, when he has had the uniform on, yes, it has been for less than 100 games in the big leagues. He has produced. My question is this to all the White Sox fans out there. Why do people talk about injury prone players like Berger, uh, like like Pantera, but never talk about injury prone players like Berger? Why? I'm being honest. Like, why? They talk about Eloy, but they don't talk about Berger. Berger has just been hurt just as much as all those guys. And those guys have produced more in the big leagues than, than, than he has. Just because he looks cool in the little black jacket and the home runs, he looks like he works next to you in the, in the trucking company. Don't talk to me about – I'm being serious. Don't talk to me about injuries when this guy's been hurt all the time. He has been hurt, and not just his Achilles, okay? He's been hurt multiple places now. And he has not played more than 100 games himself. So when you're talking about keeping guys and moving guys, like those guys, when they have been healthy, Eloy, Pantera, they've produced. They just haven't been able to do it for a long time. So moving a guy from those caliber, from that caliber, with the bad as the minor league system is, you have to be careful on how you move those guys because they can end up being really, really yeah. bad. So our outfield, Ben Tendy, Robert, right field's to be determined, which looking at free agency for right fielders, I mean, uh, we'll get their DH in a second here. But Adam Duvall, you can probably go get him to cover while you wait for another year. You draft your next guy, but I don't know. But Duvall been injury prone too. I know, like he yes. just broke. He just rebroke his, his surgically repaired. Uh, bring bring back Adam Engel. Colas is a right fielder until he gets too fat to play first base. That could be very soon. I know, but again, but you have to play him in right field. I think that you have to give him the job. I think the Wises are missing a huge opportunity right now, man. And that's what they need to realize who they are. Colas is basically not learning anything in AAA other than like, how far am I going to smash this ball? He Which, needs to come here and learn because he will hit 50 home runs in AAA. That's where we, I led off a couple episodes ago asking Justin, why didn't Pedro fight to keep Colas here? Why are you going to send him down? What's he going to learn down there? Nothing. Yes. That's why when he goes on there, Nothing. he rakes. He is your and... typical guy when he goes on there, like Moncada and TA, like when they go down there and destroy AAA pitching. There's yeah. nothing left for him to learn down there. Because regardless, the regardless, he gets his confidence back. He comes back up here. They're still going to attack his, you know, attack him where they Gonzo, left off. Gonzo look, at, Gonzo, look at what the Red Sox did with Tristan Casas. Casas hit a stretch where he was batting sub 150, and they kept him on the roster and let him fight it through. Colas average dropped to two twelve, and then he got the boot. Because they That's think that they can. By me. the way, because they think that they, he can win. You're not going to know what you have. He's a Brian Anderson type of player. Ba had already learned everything that he could in the big leagues, and they gave him six hundred bats to figure it out. Ba played amazing center field, one of the best ever to do it. In yeah, that definitely position. Gold Glove caliber. Yeah, and, and, and but and then and then we couldn't figure out hitting, and then there's guys like that. He is in that position where you can you can put him there, okay, and that he needs to figure it out because there's nothing else that he's going to learn elsewhere. So you're sending him down there 
pretty much to just like find himself. And it's like, okay, great. When he comes up, there's no videos like in the big leagues, like there are in the minor leagues. Okay. There's no Shane Beaver. Okay. In triple A, there's, I, I, I was just, I just watched the El Paso team. Their best pitcher is Julio Tehran. Okay. That's their ace. Julio Tehran's like the like, fifth starter. He's like, oh, he's like, what, 36 now? Yeah. But I'm saying he's the best pitcher in that team in triple A. In a, in a big league team, he's a fifth starter. So in the big leagues, man, this is where it's at. Like you're not getting, you're not facing the Indians, the Cleveland Guardians bullpen and, and the Tampa bullpen. And you're not going in like, you know, on, on days where like, you know, you're getting guys that are just, they're bringing a pitcher just for you. There's things that happen at the big league level, not to mention you have a new hitting coach. Okay. This is your guy, Pedro. You fight with him and you make him because your future. Okay. If Pedro Grafal is going to be managing here past 2025, six, he better believe that Oscar Cola has to be ready. Because I don't think if Oscar Cola is not ready, I don't think the team is doing too good. So he, Oscar Cola needs to be in the big leagues. And he's been one of the few players that we incubated within our system. So correct. And if he hits, and if he hits 210 because he can't develop in the big league level, that happens. That's on the big league coaches and organization. But he is already past that level of triple A. Like, He's done okay, it. let me ask so, you a question, OJ. Who's, okay, go ahead, Donville. Our last spot, designated hitter. I, personally, I'm hoping that Jose... Abreu? Or not Jose, sorry. Eloy Jimenez. I hope he gets hot, and I really want to trade him. Because we got a lot of spots that I need to get find value to retool this. And yes, I'm hoping... Not really hoping, but I want Colas up here figuring himself out in his rookie year so that next year he's going to be our designated hitter and our fourth, our fourth string outfielder. That's a bad team. Why is that a bad team? But he better hit a lot. Your DH better produce, Poppy. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, hey, White Sox have a whole line of DHs that they can pick from. And if you trade Eloy – They'll be very scared to do so, even though his contract is very friendly. White Sox because got DHs because he like uh, like Victoria's Secret got Danny Yes, they got a lot of DHs. <laughs> um, they need to uh, if they get it rid of Eloy, man. Can you imagine Eloy goes off somewhere else and makes like an MVP run. Uh, but what has he shown you to this point? When he's healthy, he plays well. When he's the healthy, best, he, when he's How many healthy, games He's played less than 100 games in the last three years, um, which is something that is very normal and common in White Sox uh, amongst the players in the White Sox. So, again, you cannot just put it on Eloy. The only player on the White Sox that played day in and day out was but Jose if Abreu. Get, if I can get then, value for him, solid value, I'm taking it. Again, you can trade every... him. That's fine. That's fine. You can trade him. You have the people to replace him. But, again, if you're going to trade him, do it now. I don't I don't think uh, Oscar Colas will have a better White Sox career than Diane Vicieto. Wow. I do not see it. I do not see it. Wow. And I we got to find you. something I can't, read you. I can't even read you right now. Diane Vicieto. By the way, look at Diane's numbers. He might be, again, do not hate on him. Those are hard numbers to come by. Those are numbers are not that bad. Daniel Polk only did it once, and he's been the last Correct. one to do it since. Correct. I think we're just gonna be. We're just gonna have to be popped. Like, think about it. 
We lost a we we got lucky. Abreu was falling off. Like, what if we move off of TA and let's just say what you said, OJ, uh, Eloy? They don't fall off. What if they elevate, and then we'll just be stuck with this seventy-one win team, hoping for the next future. Well, my soul hurts. We're gonna get to who our replacements are going to be. Guys, we're gonna lean on. Here, up here in the coming up here in the upcoming episodes but this is a wrap for our position players and the spots that we keyed are obviously shortstop second base and right field those are the three positions that we are going to have highlighted going forward and that we're going to do our homework in when we do we'll do our trades because i know juan said earlier who's going to be the guy doing that is it going to be chris gets well we don't know but we're going to give you our best analysis of what we'd like to see, regardless if it's going to happen or not. But we're going to give you our best analysis. And we're moving on to the pitcher, the pitching staff. All right, guys. Cease, Kopech, Lynn, Clevenger, Giolito. All right, I want to do a hot roll through this, and you guys can disagree or agree with me. All right? I'm keeping Cease, Kopech, Lynn. I'm keeping Lynn for next year. Um, I'm going to trade Clevenger and Giolito at the deadline. So I'm, wow. for, for 2024, I'm bringing back three guys, Seas, Kopech, Lynn. And I want to remind you guys that Lance Lynn, there were seven starts when he came back last year, had a 7.53 ERA, and through eight starts this year, had a 7.51 ERA, very alike. And what did Lance Lynn do the rest of last season? He had a, I think it was like a 2.20 ERA. It's better than C's. So this is a guy that has done it before. He's bounced back. I'm not pushing Lance Lynn off the books yet. Um, but as far as my rotation goes next year, he's definitely a guy that I'm putting on the back half of my rotation. Um, so I'm keeping three guys because if you don't, if you, it, I mean, you can, de- it's a club option, so you can decline it but you only have two guys left and you have three spots to fill 60% of your rotation. Me personally, and we're going to get into this because I've kind of did my own homework here and chat this free agency for is the best for pitching starter pitcher starting pitching. The class for that is ridiculous. So I'd rather fill two holes instead of three and I'm keeping cease Kopech Lynn and no chat. I'm not trading cease. I don't care. I feel like we made a mistake with sale. I'm not going to make it again. Wait, who said trade C's? A lot of people on Twitter. Well, they're, they're idiots. So <laughs> we're keeping Dylan C's because we need them. If we're going to retool, we need an ace. So I'm not going to make that trade. We can get value elsewhere trading other guys like Giolito. So I'm trading Clevenger and Gio at the deadline. What do you guys think? Um. Well, I, I was just going to say that like you say that the class for pitchers in free agency is is stocked and i mean i agree with you the only problem is what direction do the team want to take in the next year do they want to be locked up with somebody or do we really see the white Sox running it back with another mike clevenger type of deal or lance lynn type of deal with the one or two years what i'm doing i'm keeping those three guys i got two spots remaining i'm signing one big boy to a big deal that I want going forward. And that okay. second spot is going to be like a kind of like a Clevenger or like a Clevenger where for value, I'm going to get him on a one, two year deal. 
and time. So when Schultz is ready to come up, Schultz will come into the rotation to spot that last spot. Noah Schultz, kid's going to be amazing. Another but, minor leaguer that he's supposed to be good. And I will laugh in Junior's face when he comes up because he's going to be better I'm than just, what Cleveland has at be, all. Better, better than who? Better than who? Better than who? Who? Say it, say it, say it. Who is Noah Schultz going to be better than? Anyone He's going to be better than Zach Plesak. He's going to be better than Peyton Hatch. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly already says he has better Logan stuff Allen. than anyone. Anyone that okay, because Joe, Joe Kelly, by the way, Joe Kelly's been known as one of the greatest scouts ever. I'm just saying, though, at, but he's again, seen that is he better than Cease? Is he gonna be better than Cease? This kid's only 19 years old. I'm not saying that he's not. So, is he gonna be better than Kopech? Because three years ago, I you guys would. were all going to the stadium and watching Kopech's uh starting debut, and everybody was crying, wearing black in the rain. Do you guys remember that? Nope. And NBC had a special, and it was like the next coming. I'm it just was like, gonna, it was, I'm it was like uh, my name. I'm putting my name on okay. Noah Schultz. It wasn't me. Like I, I had did. to work that day. I wasn't there. Just like okay. I did for Dylan Cease last spring. I'm doing it again. So we got we got we got the the, the free agent class mm-hmm. right now. Um there is Ryu, Snail, Carrasco, Nola, Severino, Gray, Otani, Maeda, Wood, Odorsi, Kershaw. So Paris, the two guys the the two guys I'm big. I'm bringing big boy money to is, is if Urias or Nola hit the market. If they don't get re-signed by the Dodgers or Phillies, I'm I'm going all in on those one of those okay. two. I think it's okay. going to be Urias because I don't think the Dodgers are going to re-sign him. Okay. Okay. So, so I I like them. I I so Lynn so, has an option. So okay. cease cease being paired up with Urias. I'm what does that mean paired up? What I'm do you mean paired up? They don't they're not as, your one two, as your one-two as your one-two in your rotation. Oh, okay. I thought they were I'm gonna excited. turn the place together. Oh no, no, I'm excited. Oh my god. For that. I mean it doesn't matter. They're in the same rotation, it doesn't really matter. Again. But then that other spot I would value there's like four guys I would look at. Again, if they hit the market, we'll see if they get resigned. But Flaherty. Is going to be there. Sonny Gray could possibly be there. He's set up to be a free agent. Now, Sean, Sean Manaya on like a one-year deal. Gonzo, let me interested ask you. In. I got one more name. Hold on. Okay. Tyler Molly from – remember him last year from, in Cincinnati? Yeah, hey, he's hurt he, now. Yeah, but we'll see. Like I said, on a one-year deal, I'd be – Cats Cats will fix them all. Cats will fix them all. So Lance Lynn is in an 18.5 club option. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, okay. uh, Justin. Ask a question before. Uh, you you said you wouldn't trade Dylan Cease, correct? Now we we've been contemplating a, a a Tim Anderson trade to L.A. What about sending Dylan Cease for a package that involves a guy like Gavin Stone? No, I'm not trading Cease. And Juan Diego, he's hurt. Yeah, well, so was Clevenger. So we signed him off his injury. So. Wow. All right. Go ahead, uh, Junior. Go off oh, so on I, your, I, I your, to your breakdown. No, no, no. So not, not no breakdown. I'm just okay. looking at this. I'm saying Lance Lynn's going to make $18.5 million if you pick up his option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mike Clevenger is signed for $12 million for next year. Okay. Yep. Uh, 33 years old with a huge upside still. 
allegedly. That's why um, that's why you you signed him. Um, once a free, once a potential Cy Young guy from Cleveland, the the gurus of making building teams pitching wise, yeah. and you got Lance at 37, 38 years old. I would I would literally go out and see what the market has the value for either or, and whatever I can get more in return, I would move either or on on that end. Um, I wouldn't just move Clevenger just cause because there's about a six million dollar difference. Um, that you that you can use for one of those other free agents, um, if if the guy is is Clevenger. And again, uh, club option again at eighteen point five. You know, if you don't trade him, you have to sign him pretty much. Uh, um, so I would I would Giolito let him go, meaning so I can get something in return, and then I would see what offer I get best between Lynn and and Clevenger, and then because I'm looking well, at them as they're going to be, gonna be my fifth partner. What's the difference in them? options lynn is a club option yeah the team clevenger clevenger is a mutual option so clevenger is signed yeah, clevenger is drop is, that with the mutual option let me see clevenger according to sports track it's a mutual option with a four million dollar buyout okay again you can keep lynn he'll be your fifth starter um, I, I would go on a limb that's probably the guy that they're going to DFA first <laughs> in 2024. Um, you know, your DFA into May, the Dallas Keiko, the Larry Garcia, that every year it happens. Um, but yeah, so if you can make that move, here's the thing. Are you going to get a Riaz? Are you going to get Nola? Who are you going to outbid? Who's correct. That's what I'm saying, though, because they're all going, everybody's going after him. Are you Everyone. in a position to outbid anybody when you're trying to cut Correct. costs and when you're trying to keep I your mean, roster technically, flexible? Technically, you outbidded the Yankees for Rodon. Rodon just picked the Yankees. So I'm not worried about outbidding. It's just they want to come here. That's the, that's a bigger question. Yeah, but who wants to come? Do you think those veteran guys want to come to a losing team? In a small ballpark. Money talks. In a small ballpark. Okay, well, you just had Cease in a small ballpark become your runner-up Cy Young. Yeah, but so, I'm saying, so you're so. going to sign Cease? Well, yeah, I'm going to give him an extension, yeah. No, I'm saying you're going to sign a, a pitcher with the talent and hoping that he, he can have the same success in your own ballpark as Dylan Cease. Yeah. I'm about to – hold on. Hey, Nolan Ryan? <laughs> yeah, you good? Okay. Gonzo's going to send some numbers over. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back at the rate. All right. Yep. All right. Ryan Express. Yeah. This is going to be your. This is going to be your clip for. This is going to be your clip for the face. I, did, I, did, I just say they need, to be, they need to. Be I'm trying to get a deal done, Spence. What are you talking about? <laughs> By the way, I I think that it's they got to be very careful on how they move those two guys. I think the number one guy that we know is going to be gone. Nolan Gorman. Um, but again, it's a good staff again that they, you know, bring up Noah Schultz if he's ready. By the way, I have a question. If he's so good, what's, why is he wasting his bullets in the minor leagues? He's still young, man. He just, he can't even go to the liquor store yet. Give him some time. By the that's way, Alex Fernandez, Dontro Willis, that's Jason a good question, I feel like it's a difference of like now versus when your now dad versus was there. I, hey, Gonzo, when you're a good pitcher, those are bullets in your arm. You give me 10. Mm-hmm. You get guys out. So don't give me like there's preparation. There's 
You either got the bullets, you don't got the bullets. So if he's as I good, I feel like he has the bullets. I just don't know why they haven't tested oh, it. Okay, I'm saying, okay, because if he's ready, he Jose Fernandez was like 12 when they brought him up. Okay, when you're ready, you're ready. There is no time frame on like, oh, what is he learning a new pitch in the minor leagues? So that's what I'm saying. Like, is is he ready? Is he big league ready? You I know think he's just trying. I think he's just trying to develop that third pitch so that when he hits, so he doesn't the have league. a third. So he doesn't have a third pitch. That so he's not that great. No, he only has two pitches. It. Oh, well, neither does Cease. Cease doesn't oh, have a third, a third pitch. I'm just saying. Come though. on, man. You talk about the slider knuckle curve all the time. Yeah, but he's not using the knuckle curve, Jay. We had this discussion. Man. He's using two pitches, slider, fastball. Oh, man. But okay, so you're saying you're saying Noah Schultz. I mean, we know he's a good talent, but he's still a work in progress. Like he's, he's got the same he's thing. He's got a right he's got a fastball slider too. Yeah, so does every other yeah. person who ever gets on the mound. But the movement on the on the slider and the change. By the way, you just ruined. I think I think you're to say Noah Schultz got three pitches dominant. Now I'm gonna go look up this kid. He's got two pitches. Wow. Wow. So a lot of he, pitchers have two pitchers. He, he two would pitches. be he would be the number one prospect in the White Sox because the fans are going crazy because they think he's got two I pitches. I don't think it's junior, I don't think it's crazy when Garrett Crochet, same thing, two pitches. Okay, so Garrett Crochet, by the way, Garrett Crochet's in the big leagues. Brought him up. Yeah, and, the and they're Where's both Noah? first round picks. So I don't Where's know why Noah? I don't know Where's why Noah? the White Sox are not. You know why? Him up. Because when he comes up and he gets his little tits lit, his value's gonna go down. So they don't think that he's ready to come to the big leagues. That's why he's not in the big leagues. Because when you come to the yeah. big leagues, all the mystery, all the highlights, all the – Well, this organization is great at judging their own talent. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. So all the <laughs> all the highlights, all the stuff goes away, okay? But he's a guy I would push up. I'd yeah, start, I would push up I'd Steve Nebraska, up. too. You made him sound like he was Steve Nebraska. Wait. Who's Steve Nebraska? Uh, the guy he's from the movie. My, he's by one way, of my favorite. By the way, Steve Nebraska is the guy that pitched and was in that movie that he, yeah, they found him in Mexico Steve and Nebraska he pitched in the world. He pitched in the world. Brandon series. Fraser's the actor. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's talking like he's this guy, Steve Nebraska. But no, he's the next guy that's going to be a big name here. Okay. In this rotation. So, so what the hell it. happened in Norhe uh, Vera? Like What's everybody, that? every everybody was just oh yeah pumping the, him up the last the two pitcher, years. The relief pitcher, yeah. So all right, guys, we had a lot of starting pitching talk. Let's go. Let's finish. Wrap this up with the relief pitchers. We got. All right, I'm gonna go with guys. I think we're gonna keep Crochet, Santos, Middleton, Lopez. I'm signing Lopez back, and then I'm I'm keeping the Hendricks for his last year, and then I'm trading away Kelly, Graveman, and Bummer. Bummer, I don't care what we get them for, but Kelly and Graveman, I'd be more interested in seeing what they're going to get on the market. So, oh, thank you. That's that's who I got. What you guys got? I think we move Hendricks. Yeah, you got to move I, Liam. I'd be open for it, but I just, I mean, we haven't seen him. Gonzo, yet. would you be okay with? Would you be with Garrett? Would you be okay with Garrett Crochet as a, as a closer? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think but the organization like, would too. And you're not like you said, you're not going to move Cease. What other arm people, do you have? There's a lot of people saying trade Hendricks. A lot of people saying trade Hendricks, but dude, he hasn't even gotten up yet. He just beat cancer. He's still trying to work in the minors right now. Like Pedro's talking about it today, 
we still have to push him, push his stint in the minors for an extra week and see how he feels before we bring him up. So like people are just assuming we're going to see the same out of him. We haven't seen that yet. So let's just hold off on that. But we still have him for one more year. And that's also a club option on him for next year. So as I see it, we got five spots for next year with three open. Um, what, what, what you see in junior? Yeah, I think that I think you have to move uh, as many guys as possible. To be honest, um, yeah. again, if you're out of it, because because bullpen guys give you a lot of options, and a lot of teams make moves for bullpen guys. Uh, but that's what I would I would go for, and, and I would not hold anybody in the bullpen just because I know Kopech and Crochet and those guys, the younger guys can can pretty much fill in. Um, do you guys remember a guy named Marquez that got traded from the Yankees here? Remember that? Who did he get traded for? That Marquez, pitcher, Jeff, Yankees. That... Jeff Marquez, I think. Marquez. Now I'm thinking Vasquez. <laughs> no, no. Va- Marquez. Look up if someone can help us out. He's supposed to be a top prospect. Yeah. That guy, he didn't, I don't think he ever pitched a day in the big leagues. The number one prospect in the Yankee organization, I think, at the time when he got traded here to be a starter. What year was that? Uh, it's probably in the 2009s, 10s. Maybe 11s. Marquez. Yeah. It's too long. Marquez. Again, that's what I'm saying, though. We've been in this rodeo a long time, so I've seen a lot of prospect pitchers. I can, remember, I can remember Steve Nebraska, but I can't remember Marquez. By the way, Noah Shaw's new nickname is Steve Nebraska. Noah Nebraska? It is. It's like Kopech. Right. Kopech. So, he used to eat thunder. So for this wrap of our construction positions we are eyeing is catcher, second base, right field, and then two starting pitchers and three bullpen arms, which bullpen arms are pretty inexchangeable. And, but you know, junior, I do want to say here with the bullpen filling the bullpen up, you got to do that. Try to do that best within, within your organization. There is, you don't want to spend, you don't want to spend $40 million. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But there is like Cronin down there. I think he's in double a right. Jay Cronin. Um, he's got some interesting stuff. I'd like to see, see him brought up next year. But Juan brings up a good point. Remember, Ian, and he's, he meant to say Ian Hamilton in New York. I think he's thrown 12 innings, not giving up anything in 12 innings, guy that we let go, and the Yankees picked him up. Um, he's on a roll right now. But exactly. Thank you, Juan. That's a great point with Hamilton. But there's guys that you got to bring up. You can't be doing what Han did and – spending 40 plus million in the bullpen just for it to get lit up. Um, we suck just as much as Rick Hahn because we did all this analysis and we still are mm-hmm. trying to replace the same position. So that means we still believe in the same fools playing the positions right now that are under 500. I love you. I mean, I don't think it's bad analysis by us, but it's, I mean, we haven't, like we're our, our own replacements. Team. This we team is that, by the way, this team is that screwed up. Yeah. But that's the it's thing. Like, but junior, we want to get divorced, but we junior, can't afford these it. These same positions. <laughs> these so same, we break up a little bit. These same <laughs> positions have been that way through the whole window. Again, but we want to break up, but we can't afford it. We can't we afford can the child support. We can't afford the alimony. No, we can't. Stop looking up Jerry's net worth as a team. But you're going to eat up all that money. money. Uh, but junior, you gave me credit for Sean Mur- Murray or Murphy. Oh, Murphy, yeah, I did. That's a guy that you could have traded for what a year, year and a half ago, and yeah. it wouldn't have cost. And who? It and would who cost you, you have traded? 
it would have costed you three million the next three years. Correct, and, but they would have traded their key pieces, but they didn't want to trade their key pieces that were traded. So like yeah. right now, you got to keep Moncada, you got to keep TA because there's nobody Which, else. You got to keep, you know. So it's like still the same lineup, essentially. Well, I think it'd be different if we're pulling the strings than Han when we're trying to find our guys that we'd want. Look how Sean look what Sean Murphy's doing right now with Atlanta. He's doing yeah. great. He looks like Javi Gold Lopez. Glove and leading the charge over there. Yeah, and again, they went and spent the most money on their catcher when there was already a catcher here. Yeah, and that cost them three million and the first and the first base. Like, look at look at that. It wasn't just Murphy. Look at what they did with uh, Matt Olson the year before. They got three million this year or next three years, and then market value of twenty million for the fourth, fifth, and sixth year. So I think the number one thing they need to figure out is who they really are. You know, because I I still don't see them as contender even with this really bad division. Yeah. I told what? somebody on Twitter today that uh, they could lose 90 games and still win the division. <laughs> That'd be rough. By the way, did, did, uh, who, did Minnesota win tonight? I think they beat the best team, the Dodgers, that were in a six-game winning they streak. they did. Three to one. Okay. Yeah, they were in a, they, yeah, they were in a three. I think they were the Dodgers were in a six-seven game winning streak. Kershaw coming in to the passing of his mother was probably very motivated. And the Twinkies pulled off that victory again. At what point are the Damn. Chicago White Sox going to give the Twins the respect that they are leading the division? At that what brings point? Up Southside Daily. through Southside Daily quickly here. We got to finish the series here in Cleveland at home tomorrow. Clevenger versus Bettenfield. I haven't seen much of Bettenfield. Um, and then you have He's C's. a loser. You a got C's, RA's versus Allen on Thursday. A uh, junior. I'm thinking the Sox are going to sweep. I think they will. I think they can sweep. I think they can sweep. The Cleveland is a team that does not have a great offense. When when the Sox lack in where they struggle, like they did today, where they let teams come back in, I don't think that Cleveland has that firepower. I watch Cleveland a lot. Everybody knows that's my squad, uh, my second squad that I watch the most. And uh, I don't think that they have the firepower to come back if the Sox take an early lead. So, yes, I can see them sweeping, which in reality means nothing other than the fact that you get false hope and not pull the trigger um early enough to get the stuff that you need so yeah and if wow. they don't and if they, if they if they don't get swept and they do get and they, the cleveland does win the series you're still in the same situation that you were today you're still what 12 games out of five under 500 or yeah. more now junior this is a big key you know you got to win series at this point but more essential 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 versus your division opponents it's time you got to start sweeping them, sweeping them. You can't just take two or three anymore. That's just only one game in the standings correct? in the, in the division. So you got to start sweeping the teams that, that are, below, you know, at least the Royals and the Tigers try to sweep them. We're not sweeping the Royals. But you you got to try your best here. That's sick. That's sad, but you, 
the Royals have been playing us hard like they have been in the past. And that brings us to, uh, yes, the Royals. They're coming home for the homestand Friday through Sunday. Friday, Kopech versus Granke. Saturday, Geo versus Lyles. Sunday, Lynn versus Keller. I think they take two of three, but you, you, you better be sweeping them. Even though I really feel like they're going to take two or three, because I feel like Keller we just Holmes we does. just literally said you're not sweeping Kansas City, and Gonzo follows that up with you better be sweeping. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do we do, Gonzo? What do you mean by uh, Gonzo? What does it mean you better sweep? Like who are you? Your team sucks right now, dude. Your record is fifteen and like twenty-eight. That. What do you mean they suck? You're not sweeping anybody. You guys suck. They won it's every 15, game. They you better not today. sweeping anyone. I'm just you saying just though, you're not, not sweep sweeping Cleveland. anyone. I'm just saying though you might you might you should sleep Cleveland, but I'm saying like we expect like what are you like you Grafal and Rick Hahn are on high on payroll, <laughs> like legitimately. Well, I'm saying, like you need a sweep if that's if your expectations are you're, you're doing anything. You're you're not, which is why I said you're going to probably take two of three. So you're going to win White six Sox games in a row. Is what you're saying? They play today. I think Literally. they win the next two. I think they win the next four games. Four out of uh, they could give me four out of two in this. So by the right? time, so by the time Tuesday comes around, okay, when Monday, hold up, hold up, how, hold how up, many games? No, no, no. How many games? I'm just doing the math here. How many games yeah. between here and and next Monday? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. Okay, six games. Okay. I'll take four and two, man. So yeah. they win six games. They win them all. They're twenty, twenty-one, and twenty-eight. Looks way better than fifteen and twenty-eight, to be honest. With six and, wins. In these six games, I have them going five and one. Okay. Because I think they lose that Sunday game, Lance Lynn, who hit pitch well tonight, but versus Keller. Keller's been owning us forever. We just so seen I, this movie. So I've put in my face, and I just I hate Can seeing. I? What I hate seeing is because I know Keller's beatable. You saw in the first three innings, his control's all over the place, and we're swinging everything. We're not having patient at-bats. We can't put runs on the board versus him, and it, Pisses me off, but yeah, all right, two of three, and then Monday is on the road in Cleveland, and it's Clevenger versus Battenfield, the repeat. So, what, however, tomorrow goes, that's what's gonna you're gonna get that same matchup to begin the series on Monday. Um, and yeah, I have them winning actually. So, I got them without looking at who the hell is gonna pitch because I don't mm -hmm. have to, they're going 500. In the next six games, because they've been a 500 team for the past forever, forever, two years. Two so years I'm not going to go here and be like, "Oh, I'm going to bet." I'm going to. They're a 500 team. So regardless <laughs> how they're going to come in, they're a 500 team. So I'm going to go with a 500 prediction, and their record at the end of the week should be 24 and 31. And they probably will be give or take maybe seven or eight games, depending on how they do out of the first place. Maybe the Guardians. I think this the situation hurts the Guardians more because now. If they split with the Sox, they drop more than four than four games. And, you know, obviously Minnesota takes a firmer lead so they can play party spoilers. But I'm thinking 500 at best. If they play yeah. 500, they did their job. They, they're at least trending to be average like what we thought that they were. If they get beat, let's say, two out of five, like they only win two and lose four, then we got bigger problems than that. Again, the, 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 the race to 100 gets a lot quicker, but I'm going 500. I, could, yeah, I don't care. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Who's Juan Diego who. says, screw you. He agrees with me at five and one. Cause okay, great. me and Juan again, look at the again, matchups. Juan Diego, like okay, okay. Juan Diego, Rick Hahn, <laughs> Kenny, and you, 
and South Bar are all and Griffo are all high on peyote. Yeah, that's okay. Like you're like you're like you guys are looking at predictions from before of saying like, oh yeah, like we're, the we're still the team. Club. By the way, you're playing in Chicago, not Glendale, because Glendale, you guys had a good team. Glendale. Glendale had Brian Ramos, Gonzo. Glendale. Again, you guys can think five and one. We will hold the receipts. They should go five and one. This team was built to go five and one against these That's two the teams. That's the last time you'll see Oscar Colas and Brian Ramos in the, on the same team is in Glendale. Is in Glendale. Okay, so again, Gonzo goes and says that they're going five and one, and so did Juan Diego. Five and one. Great. Yeah. We want five and one, but we're probably gonna be let down. Oh yeah, five again. You guys are go, are you going with what you guys want or what I'm going to give you the analysis of? Okay, I'm These going. These people want Yohan Moncada to play second base. Oh, no, I'm giving you. you know a bit, crazy well, they are. I'm basing it off the pitching matchup, so which is half the battle. Yeah, Logan Allen is gonna get fucking tattooed Thursday. Yeah, literally so, beat to a pulp. We're going to see how the boys roll. But, guys, it's time to make bets. Ooh. Give us the weekly pick. From... And our boy Juan reminds us that J Ram's still out and Naylor got tweaked up today. So we'll see if he's back. But this is the weekly pick to click. And Slav, who's not with us today, he's feeling under the weather. He picked Luis Robert, who went seven for 15 this past week with five runs, three home runs, six ribbies, and added another home run in today's game. So Slav won with um, Robert and he's starting it off. With Johan Mancada. That's fucking bogus. Yep. Slav picks Mancada. And it's, the order's going to go Slavko, me, Jay, and then Junior. Wait, how did you win, Chris? Who do you have? Uh, God, let me go look at the picks from last week. Because I had Mancada. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do as good as actually Opie because Opie had more production. Who? Opie? Yeah. Yeah. Your future at first base. That's who Opie is. Yep. And surprisingly, Jay actually had TA, who actually still had more production, surprisingly. So that is Slavko. Don't say surprisingly like that. Justin and Junior. Junior will bounce back. I know he will. Not with this roster. (laughs) Hey, stop playing, man. So I'm going to – oh, this is a tough decision because Robert's off the board as, you know, with Slavko's pick. I'm going to go with – all right, I'm going with T.A. Always bet on black. I'm betting on T.A. to start rolling because he's pissed. He's sore, but he's pissed. Jay, you're on the board. Give me Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets. I'm going to go with Grandal. Really? Yeah. 
swinging the bat well. He's been having he's been having a solid year. I mean, he's he's been he's been hitting the ball well. I got to change it up a little bit. Uh, I, I would go with Grandal. I thought you was gonna go with Hanser. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Grandal. A lot of no run first inning bets this week uh, with the White Sox. And again, my uh, betting on who's not going to get a hit. Um, I like it at plus money today. Robert beat me in the last inning. He was a plus one ninety not to get one. How did he beat you? Uh, he got a hit. He he got a little yachty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it was good. It was good. It was a good bet though. It was plus money. Um, and again, you could do it for uh, your opponents as well. So I, I always look at the opponents on both sides who are the best pick, who are the the highest not to get an out. So um, and again, no run, no run first inning. Uh, one of my favorites with the White Sox. And just a little rundown I posted here in the chat. Slavko Mancata, me, T.A. Gay is going with Sheets. And Junior is going with Grandal. And our standings are Slavko, three. I'm at two. And my jokesters with me tonight are at one. Who's going to get the next victory between Justin and Junior? Chat, we will find out in the weeks to come. But, guys, you have any shout-outs for tonight at all before we wrap it up here? I want to give a shout-out to the Bad Guy Radio. I've been in the in-pledge fealty to King Mac. An outstanding week on the internet. So, shout-out to you guys, uh, Jess, Ken, Junior, Nine, Big Dog, Dre, Alfredo from the Alfredo Experience. You guys, uh, you guys are awesome, and you make being a White Sox fan. A little bit more fun. Not like Junior, who roots for the tribe and rubs it in my face. Junior. For me, um, I think I got a, again, you need a baseball bag. Check out Morning Wood. Morning Wood. uh, 25% off using the, yeah, Morning Wood. Yeah. Yeah, You put that Uh, on. You can't get, if if you can't get any uh, wood (laughs) and you need Morning Wood, get your baseball bag. Uh, yeah, Morningwood baseball bats, twenty five percent off using the promo code the Gian Grid. Um, yeah, and that's about. Uh, let's let's look at this week and weather is starting to heat up. Love to check it out. Hopefully, we make some money on the books, and uh, we get to see some good baseball here. Awesome, Junior. And I am Gonzo. To the left or right of me, depending on your perspective, is Justin Lee. And to the bottom, and one of our best guys on the show is Ozzie Gian Jr. Chet, thanks for joining us. This is episode 11. Thanks for watching, Chicago. Beep, beep.